Today on 7 Figures, Smart Money Strategies for Women, how much money should you save for retirement? We're going to give you some benchmarks today and no dumb questions. Plus, longtime radio host in Seattle, Washington, Mason is here to talk about what it was like losing her job because of COVID and how TikTok is opening up doors for her. She says, like so many others have, TikTok is a platform we should all definitely jump in on now. And we'll take a seat at the kids' table. Should kids get paid for performance, getting good grades, doing a good job? We have advice for parents. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Thank you for making time to listen. I want to get you to that point where you have a good understanding of what's going on with your finances. So you never feel like you have to delegate it off to somebody else. You never feel like someone's talking down to you you feel like you're in control and confident about your money, you know exactly what you need to do. And most importantly, you have that peace of mind that no matter what happens, everything is going to be okay. Now, saying that, yesterday I was with a friend and she was telling me how she went to the dentist. She had a chipped tooth or something. And with everything that needs to get done, it's going to cost her about three grand. Now, she has a high deductible plan, so that's $3,000 out of pocket. I bring this up because you probably either just finished open enrollment or the deadline is, uh, is, is coming up fast. So here's the deal with high deductible plans. If you are going to go this route with a high deductible plan, which is a pretty good option if you don't go to the doctor a lot, that difference in cost because high deductible plans are cheaper, that difference, I would suggest you put that money into a health savings account. And every plan is a little bit different. Some plans you can invest that money, kind of like a 401k, so it'll grow faster. Um, But if you do have the option for a high deductible plan and you don't go to the doctor a lot, have that health savings account and put money in there. Automatically have it taken out of your paycheck right into the health savings account. Build up that account and it grows pretty quickly. That's the money that you can use to pay these high doctor bills or, you know, when you get the $3,000 bill from the dentist. So use that money. But that's very important if you're going to if you're going to go for the high deductible plan. Okay, so I wanted to make sure I told you about that because my friend is really worried how she's going to pay this amount. So I want to make sure that you know about that. All right. Before we get into um TikTok and how our friend Mason says it's opening up doors for her. Let's get to no dumb questions talking about retirement. All right. No dumb questions. CFP at the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Erica Cummings is here. Hi, Erica. Hello. Okay. So when I feel out questions, what people are thinking about, what questions that they have for this segment, a lot of people, without a doubt, will talk about retirement. Retirement benchmarks. How do I know when I'm ready? At what age should I have what amount of money? Is there a a general rule of thumb that we can follow? Uh, Yes, there's many rules. And it's very individual when it comes to retirement. And we'll focus on that at the end. But people are sitting out there saying, okay, great. I know I need to get a professional plan. However, what should I be doing right at this moment if I don't have time or I, you know, just haven't gotten around to doing it? So 
couple of general rules that are out there. And really every rule is based upon two factors. When you plan on retiring and how much you want to spend. Those are the two biggest questions that you need to answer before you walk out of your job for good. And you have to have obviously a realistic date and then you want to make sure you have a realistic budget. So first and foremost, the one thing I tell everybody that ever asks me, how much should I be saving? I always say, try to save about 10% of your income. At, you know, If you can possibly get to that 10%, that would be great. So that's the first thing. So if you're, especially if you're younger, if you can put 10% away, it is amazing in the long term. The other one is to actually look at what your current state, what your current salary is, and then kind of giving yourself benchmarks that you should be at along the way. So for example, if you're 30 years old, one of the rules is that you should have one times your salary in savings when you're 30. And then when you're 35, you should have two times your salary. When you're 40, you should have three times your salary, all the way up to when you're 67, which is the latest that you can receive Social Security right now. At, or I should say the earliest for, the young, for those of us that are in our 40s, 67 years old is our full retirement. The rule of thumb is that you should have 10 times your salary in savings at age 67. So that means whether it's in your 401k or savings that you've set aside. So that's one rule. And that's kind of looking to see along the way, okay, am I at that benchmark at 35? Am I at that benchmark at 40? What do I need to be doing to get there? The other big rule has to do with distribution. So when you're in retirement and you're looking at that budget and you're taking into consideration if you have social security and if you have pension income that you want to say, okay, out of my savings, I should only be taking or only planning on taking about 4% out of my savings per year. So that's the 4% rule. I'm sure many people listening have heard that before. The 4% rule basically, let's say you have a million dollars in your in your 401k, that means you shouldn't be planning on taking out more than $40,000 a year. And the reason 4% has been one of those crucial numbers is by the time you're done paying for your taxes when it comes out, you're really probably taking out 5 or 6%. And so you want to make sure that you're not taking out more than what is realistically able to grow each year. Because otherwise, you're going to see that principal start to dip down really quickly. Mm. So when you're looking at that budget, if your budget is $60,000 a year and you have $500,000 in savings, 4% is $20,000. Well, how much do you have coming in in Social Security? Do you have any other income sources? If not, we may have to rethink that budget or rethink when you're going to retire. The other thing is to really just beware of when you're retiring and not cutting yourself short on life expectancy. That's probably one of the biggest issues that most people have is that they think they're going to die a heck of a lot younger than they actually do. So keep in mind that you should be planning for mid 80s. If you look at your current family situation, a lot of us have family members that are in their 90s at this point. So if you're retiring at 65, that means you could be in retirement for over 25 years. You have to make sure that you're planning for longevity as well, which means you have to maybe start thinking about what age is, is truly appropriate. The other thing is inflation. 
So things don't cost the same every year. So you have to think about that as well when you're kind of putting into um, your calculations. So that's why as much as we can look through all the, these rules, and I think the rules are great. I think the 10% rule is great. The 4% rule is great. And just kind of having a good gauge of how much you've saved based upon how many times your salary you should have. I can't express how important it is to have a professional plan done. And the earlier, the better. The worst meetings I've had are people who are knocking on retirement's door at 65 years old, and we do a plan, and there's really not much we can do at that point. So if, if you're 35, 40 years old, you should have a plan. It may not be perfectly accurate because so much changes over the course of your life, but at least you can have an idea if you're in the right spot yeah. in terms of your savings. Remember, we only retire once. And this is not a time you want to make mistakes. Okay. You just, you can't, you can't fix things. So the earlier you can have that professional plan done, the better. And at the very least, be putting 10% away and going back to some of the other episodes we've done with the, with budgeting. It's so important that you budget to pay yourself first. Okay, perfect. Erica, how can we find you and follow you? You can find us uh, by reaching out to us on HarmonyFinancialWellness.com, our website, or on our Facebook page by the same name. And starting in January, we'll have our new podcast, Beginning a Strong Woman for Strong Women, and it will be available on all major platforms. Have a good weekend, Erica. After losing her job, she says TikTok is opening up new doors for her. Mason joins us next. Well-known and loved radio on-air personality at Movin 92.5 in Seattle, Washington. Mason, thank you for coming on with us. Of course. We feel for you. You lost your job due to downsizing because of COVID. Yeah. You were in radio for how many years? 13 years. Yeah. There's so many extremely talented people who are caught off guard by this. I almost felt like an idiot initially when I was like, oh, I'm good. I'll be safe. I have a job. And then all of a sudden I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, how do we get paid? Well, advertisers. And if advertisers aren't paying money, hmm. Hmm, I might not be here that much longer. So yeah, I started to get a little bit nervous. I think like a month or two before it happened. Something in our own brain thinks, well, that's never going to happen to me. I feel right. for those people, but that'll never happen to me. So then when it does, what was the one thing that you wish you knew? I mean, I kind of always prepared myself for it because radio is not a stable business. And I was beyond lucky that I, you know, started and ended at the same place for 13 years. So initially, I think I always knew it was going to come to an end. And I just kind of always thought I had more time. And yeah. so I should have prepared better and grabbed audio, always have something more current, you know, to, to send out to potential employers. And I am kicking myself that I didn't have more savings. And that was my goal this year. I was like, I'm really going to buckle down and save more money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and I knew better. I knew better. That was, <laughs> I knew better. Can you take us through the emotions of it for anyone else who's listening, who's, you know, dealing with this too? You know, it's, it's like any loss and uh, you go through the stages of grief. I, I think that I was glad to some extent that they called me over the phone. You know, we were all working from home at that point, 
because I'm a crier <laughs> and I get embarrassed. <laughs> so I would have hated to have had everyone see me cry because I would have. Um, it would have been nice to say goodbye to everyone, but um, I- I'm grateful for that. But it definitely was a whirlwind of emotions for a while. I couldn't listen to the station um, for for a bit. It, mm. it hurt my soul. It felt like a bad breakup. Yeah. And so I couldn't listen. Um, I always, I think because we, we kind of created that station. We were the redheaded stepchild in the market, so to speak. And my um, old boss at the time, like really just turned everything around and we were all there from the beginning. So we really had this family feel and camaraderie and I really wanted them to still succeed afterwards. And now you are finding success on TikTok. Did you ever think you would be a TikTok influencer? No, I didn't. (laughs) Uh, While I was still working at the station, all my coworkers were telling me to get on TikTok. And I was so against it. I was like, I am not going to get on TikTok. I'm too old. I'm not going to be doing dances. Like, that's dumb. And I think I did a couple just to, okay, I'll do it. And I uploaded a couple of old videos and nothing really happened. And I think I like followed a bunch of my friends. So I had a very low following initially. And I think um, I kind of stepped away for a little bit. And in March, um, I started doing a little bit more. And when I got laid off, I started doing a lot more because I had a lot more free time on my hands. Um, But I basically, you know, I did afternoons at a top 40 station. So my longest breaks were like 20 seconds. So TikTok essentially was me doing a little bit longer of a break and telling a story. And that's kind of what I'm good at. So it just kind of started growing from there. And, you know, I almost don't think of it as, as big of a deal now as I did. And I'm like, oh, I want to get 100,000 followers. And now I look at people, I'm like, well, they have millions. So that's what I need. I'm nowhere close. You know, just be kind. As you're in it, it doesn't seem as big of a deal anymore. Yeah, but, but it has definitely opened a lot of doors for me um, professionally, which is crazy. I was going to ask you that. Okay, so what has it opened? What doors, what opportunities have come from it? Um, well, actual tangible, uh, things such as money, you know, TikTok pays you directly. Um, if you're a part of the TikTok creator fund, so some days I'll get $2. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh is right. I'm saving it for something pretty. Um, but you know, it, it does add up. Uh, I think I've total made almost $400 off of TikTok. Um, the kindness of strangers, uh, that people send me gifts and, you know, for my birthday, people sent me money and no incredibly kind without having to do anything. So I'm not getting naked. I don't have an only fans. I'm not selling pictures of my feet, although I make jokes about that quite often and then get weird, weird messages. Um, but yeah, I haven't done anything, you know, morally questionable to get some funds. Um, and then I've had, uh, a number of voiceover uh, jobs. I have one pretty consistent that I do once a month and I've had agents, uh, contact me. I've had, um, companies contact me for free product or to endorse a product. Oh, wow. So yeah, I mean, obviously I got some of that stuff through radio, but they were going through the station. So people contacting me directly for endorsements, um, that, that was, that was new for me and more voiceover work, oddly enough. So, so at what point, how many followers did you have to have in order, you know, for all of this to come in? 
Was there a certain point where you're like, okay, I hit this mark and now all of a sudden I'm seeing all these doors open up? I think it might have started around 50,000 followers okay. is where I think people start going, okay, she can move the dial, so to speak, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, in some days, you just never know what's going to hit and what's not. I remember my first like viral video. I was like, really? This is this is what you guys think is so funny? No. <laughs> like, well, it see, wasn't. That's what's the fascinating part of all of this. And it really, truly is just, it, it's mind-boggling what sticks. And mm -hmm, all of the opportunities that are out there now with the online space is incredible. And, you know, I've heard experts encourage people like this is not TikTok is not just, hey, let's be goofy and funny and dance. This is now transitioning into a place where everybody should be to expose your brand. Right. Yeah. To share. Yeah. So for those of us who are not there yet. I mean, I downloaded the app and my 16 year old saw that I downloaded it and she was like, you are not going on TikTok. <laughs> you are not ruining TikTok for me. <laughs> Oh, but I am, sweetheart. Oh, I but know. I am. Like, but honey, they say that I should be on it too. <laughs> so help us talk us through, like dumb this down for us. <laughs> what do we need to know? How do we, if we want to do this in a professional manner, we own a business, we're an entrepreneur, or we just want to get our name out there, what should well, we do? I, I think there's a lot of different avenues you can go down. Um, obviously, you do a little research and see what's, what's trending, what's um, blowing up right now. What are the hashtags? Like really just spend an hour going through TikTok and make some notes. I think initially of, of what's, what's successful and what's not. Um, I think at the very core though, you just want people know bullshit and you want to be as genuine and authentic as you can. And being yourself, I think is, is most important. And you know, if you're not funny, don't try to be funny. <laughs> and if you are funny, play that up. And it's just random too. what you can get, what's blown up. Mm -hmm. um, like there was a guy who was mixing paint. I think he worked at Home Depot um, and people were fascinated by mixing paint. And the company actually fired him recently. And he was huge on there. And they missed that that marketing opportunity. And didn't see it as a, as a new way to reach out to younger customers and whatnot. So I feel like that was a missed opportunity. And then there's, you know, I'm TikTok initially, um, you know, is, is for kids and I think I'm too old. And then there's people on there who I definitely think are, you know, I have a fan base of like 60 year old men somehow, you know, <laughs> 65, 70 year old men who, Oh. love me oh my gosh you are beautiful you know why those men love well, you well thank you but it's also like all right like the, the messages that i get is just next level yeah but at oh. that point you can be like okay fine just just keep following me keep making me look I mean, good yeah, that's yeah, fine yeah but it's there's a niche for everyone and the way that it's set up uh tiktok is much easier to grow your audience than anywhere else i think because with instagram gosh that's taken me it takes forever and you have to use the hashtags and growing yeah. and this is just much easier a quick follow and it's not frowned upon to have too many um you know to follow too many accounts which i think some people were doing at a point you don't want to be following fifty thousand accounts and you know you only have 400 followers TikTok, okay. it doesn't matter okay see that's the part where i think a lot of us um feel insecure 
You know, like I want to grow my audience, but I don't want to do it the wrong way and look ridiculous. Well, when you put in your initial information of like your age and your sex, I think it kind of sets you in a certain demographic to begin with. So I was Mm. never seeing all of the, uh, you know, 13 year olds, boys and girls doing stuff. Mm. And when you like stuff, that affects what you're seeing as well. And if you're commenting, that affects stuff. And you know, there's all sorts of like subsets that people make comments of like, "Ooh, how did I get on mess- messy TikTok? How did I get on uh, country music TikTok? You know, there's yeah, all sorts yeah. of like different subsections. And the more you comment and the more that you interact and make friends, um, I, you know, the more you widen your base. And, you know, responding to comments and liking comments And I think that goes for any social media platform. I think when I first got into radio, um, you know, Facebook was, was the huge one. And I just started adding people that were in the club industry and I commented and started posting memes. And I almost think that I started getting more well-known for my social media presence than my on air because no one as a morning show you know, people tune in for you. Like, ooh, can't wait to go listen to this. Mm-hmm. People weren't saying, ooh, I'm going to go listen to Mason talk in and out of a song, you know? <laughs> so my personality, as much as I could get into talking in and out of a song, I did. But people would talk to me when I was out and about and say, oh, there's Mason on Movin', which was my Facebook name for a long time. Ah, okay. This is good stuff so far. We got trending, see what's trending hashtags will help you cut through, be genuine, be yourself, developing those relationships. What else do we need to know? I think you need to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And I guess I could go for a business as well. Um, I am hilarious and super (laughs) humble. So um, I'm an oversharer and I'm pretty good at telling stories. So it works well for for TikTok. But talking about things, you know, on a morning show, you have to be open about your life. It's a double-edged sword when you're, when you're putting yourself out there, you know, you're going to get a lot of people who love you for it, but you're, Mm -hmm. you're putting yourself on a platter to get criticism and that same thing for radio. And it's the same thing for TikTok. Um, You know, the more I put myself out there, the more I get haters. And in the big scheme of things, it's not that bad. And I need to get a tougher skin, but I just, <laughs> I'm not very good at walking away and I want to address every little thing. But that's when I'm sharing things about, you know, I did a video on like a day in my life, the unemployed COVID edition of how I, um, I, I saw that. That was funny. You know, that I go from the couch and here are my snacks that I eat and then I have a good cry. You know, a lot of that stuff is tongue in cheek. Uh, But there's a hint of truth to that. Yeah, some days I do shower. Some days I leave the house. But a big majority of the days, I don't do anything. And that's okay. And, you know, it's just embracing that. Uh, There's a account that I follow. I don't even know where it is. It's a clothing company. And the boss is incredibly hot. And they (laughs) very smartly put him in the videos and pretend I'm pretty sure he's in on it and <laughs> might've even been his idea. Like, Hey guys, I'm really attractive. Let's yeah. put me here. Yeah. I know um, I'm beautiful. Right. And so that's, I think how they started growing their, their presence of, you know, the girls were talking about how hot their boss was and just doing these frames of him walking through, you know, just relatable stuff of having a crush on someone that you work with or whatnot. And I don't even know if they showcase the the clothes as much, but he got exposure. Therefore, his business is getting exposure. 
Do you have to find one focus and stick with that and be consistent with that one style? No, because I think I've, I've gone out, but I do, you know, I actually, some random person gave me advice and I think they were right. And they said, I need to go and do more stuff. Most of my Uh. stuff is just a talking head. And a lot of it is in bed. And people are like, why are you always in bed? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Because this is where I am. (laughs) Where I live. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're in a pandemic, so I can't really go off and. Yeah. But I also don't like people to see that I'm filming. Like, I don't like. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't the awkwardness. Selfies in public. Yes. I don't like that. Yes, yes. So, but I think if you're good at something, you just gotta hone in and know what you're what you're good at and what you're not good at, and play to the strengths. Um, you know, I'm not doing the TikTok dances. I could, but that's not really my thing. I mean, mm. I can dance, but I don't want to learn dances for hours, and it's not going to be anything that's different or sets me apart. So what's different and sets you apart and what's raw and what can people relate to? You know, I think the majority of things, which has always been kind of my focus is relationships and being single because everyone at some point has been single and whether or not you married your, your high school sweetheart. I think a lot of times married people live vicariously and want to hear the stories Yeah, and uh, relationships. I just think in general are very interesting to most people and so talking about it in a raw and real way is is helpful the goal is to build that emotional connection so when someone watches your video they will walk away with feeling something right i did a a video where i really put myself out there i was having a really tough time um you know being unemployed and living alone there's some mental health challenges with Mm -hmm. that and when you feel like you know, you can't go and be social and get that energy and you don't have someone to, you know, to hug and to talk to. I did a, a, a trend right now um, is put a finger down if you that kind of game, you kind of tell a story backwards. Well, I did the kind of sad version. And not only I felt a little vulnerable putting it out there because I always felt like, oh, I'm not doing this for attention or like, woe is me. Yeah. But it made me feel better to know that I was not alone and that you know, some days I, I cry multiple times and you often feel like you're the only one going through it. And to hear so many people say that they were, and people are going through in different ways. You know, some people have a house full of kids and they can't get a minute to themselves and homeschooling and would love to, to have my life where I can sleep as long as I want and go to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people can, they're going through it differently, but I think it's nice to know that this is not as easy as, as it appears. And I think at this point, we all know that social media is, you know, it's a sliver of someone's life and it's the best portion and being raw and real about it, I think is, is important. And don't pretend that you're not, that everything's perfect. And that's something that I've never done. Um, You know, I, when I got let go, I made a whole video about it because I wanted people to see how it really affected me and writing a paragraph wasn't going to do it for me. Was so. it the hardest part? Cause they say, and you know, we've heard it, we know it to be true, but then when you're in the moment, it's easier said than done to not dwell on it too long. Was yes. It- and no, I think you absolutely let yourself have a good cry. And yeah. I, I think it's like, a loss of any sort, whether it be a breakup or a death, you're going to have different feelings 
at different days. I feel like a huge portion of my identity was wrapped up in that. Um, you know, I was super proud of myself that I made it to market 12 doing afternoon drive, that I was the only girl in the city for years doing afternoons. That's I was awesome. very proud of myself yeah. and, you know, there was a lot of pride and hard work to get there. And, you know, you feel it's scary to think like, oh, I might not ever get to do this again because radio has such a difficult industry to begin with pre-COVID. There's only so many jobs and it, sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. And, you know, COVID just makes it that much harder. So there's just so many layers to it. And that was kind of always my thing that, okay, this is eventually going to come to an end. And I think it was going to be coming to an end probably in the next five years for me anyway. So this is almost, and I hate when people say this, but I'm going to say this to you. This is almost a blessing in disguise yes. that it happened that, at it this point in time. I was, I had such a cushy gig. I had been saying it for years. It's like, it's scary to leave something that is a sure thing that, that you got going for you. Comfortable. And I almost com knew yeah. that they were going to need to let me go in order for me to try to find the next thing. Even though I don't still have a job yet, um, I will say I've had a lot more um, prospects recently that have given me hope that, okay, I might not get a job um when I want it on the time frame that I would like, but I do think I'm going to come out with something better yeah. and a better fit for me sometime. Yeah. And I really is... do. I do believe that. And that's not me convincing myself either. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is the point where a lot of people are making drastic change. Mm -hmm. I really want to make deep connections with people. You know, I would love that in a relationship. That's what I'm, I'm on the, on the hunt for, but <laughs> Feeling a connection with even a close friend and having those, you know, those talks that just leave, leave you feeling really good, whether you yeah. laughed the whole time or you felt a connection that they understood you like that ultimately is what I'm looking for. And I think most human beings are, you're looking Absolutely. for meaning, you're looking to feel not alone. And I think, you know, as sucky as this, this thing has been, I think there have been some, some pluses to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so this, so your advice would be to people who are listening, get your name out there, start with TikTok. Don't be scared, do it, but use this as an avenue to get yes. the next, uh, That's, whatever it is. I'm using it as a platform. And to be honest, like the interviews that I've had, everyone's always been, oh my, that's, that's impressive. And yeah. that's, it's helps because, you know, in radio, you want that built in audience. When you go on the bachelorette or the bachelor at this point, they are going on for to be influencers so to speak like yeah. it's such an easy gig so and tummy to your or whatever and it's it's kind of the same thing yeah. and it, it opens doors and yeah I don't, I don't think there's a downside to that um okay can you leave us with a smart money strategy that may be a new one that you're starting or an aha money moment for you um, well, yeah, I have decided if, um, I get a new job, I am going to, and I, if I have to move, um, I am not going to live outside my means. I love decorating. Wow. And so I get really excited over a new apartment and, you know, you always want the biggest and the best. Yeah. And 
I am going to tell myself, I've told myself this multiple times, if it ever happens, like just get something, you know, small and, you know, see if you like it. You don't have to have, I kind of want to downsize in general. So I think that would, that's my goal. Okay. Not to get out as much and to, I always put money away. I always maxed out my 401k, but I should have a lot of savings and I don't. (laughs) You don't have kids to suck you dry that money. Save it now when you can. (laughs) I really appreciate you opening up to us and being so candid and honest about this whole journey. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. How this can was we... my therapy. This is my therapy. Oh, I, didn't tell I you. love it. I love it. Okay. So Macy Face Radio is what you're going to search out on TikTok. M-A-S-E-Y. Macy Face Correct. Radio. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Have a great day. Do you pay your kids for good grades or when they do a really good job at something? Is money a reward in your house, a way to incentivize the kids and get them motivated? Well, grab a chair. We're about to take a seat at the kids' table next. Welcome to the Kids Table. Take a seat. We are here with Susan Beecham, our money expert, uh, founder of Money Savvy Generation. How are you, Susan? I am doing well. How are you, Sandy? All right. Well, you know what? You're going to probably yell at me because I kind of have a vibe of what you're already going to say about this topic. But so we're talking about, and we asked the kids, should you get paid? For performance. Should you get paid for good grades? Should you get paid when you do a really good job at something? So we'll first see what the kids say. I'll confess what I do. And then you can give us the best advice out there. Okay. Should you get paid for good grades or when you do a really good job at something? Yes. For doing good work in school. How much do you think you should get paid? Five dollars. Should kids get paid for getting good grades in school? No, they should just get, like, if they have something special, they get, like, a sticker in the classroom, they could get that. Good grades, like, if you get a four, you should get $10, but if you get all fours, you have, like, $100. So that motivates you? Yes, it motivates me to get better grades so that I think, oh, I can get money, and then I'll have enough money to go shopping. Do you think that you should get paid for good grades or when you do something good? Yes. How much do you think you should get paid? 20 bucks. And why? Because I worked hard. Mm-hmm. Well, now my confession to you <laughs> is I do pay my kids for good grades. Is that bad? No. See, now you, you, you thought I was going to say yes. I totally thought you were going to say yes. It's not the reward or the incentive. They're two different things. We'll talk about that in a second. It's not the reward or incentive you've chosen. It's whether or not it's going to work long-term. So what you need to do in addition to paying money for grades is what's important. You know, working hard in the responses from the kids, working hard can be payment itself. We don't want to get in front of that as parents. We don't want We don't want kids to think they need to have a financial gain every time they work hard. The payment is the accomplishment and the self-satisfaction of a job well done. It's a lesson learned. Just paying for grades, it's not going to accomplish what you as a parent truly want, and that is a successful adult. So when we use incentives and rewards, when paying for grades, 
The goal is to get our kids, kids to develop the desire to do well, some for the love of doing the job and the internal satisfaction of the accomplishment and others for financial gains. We don't want it to be all about the money because it's not going to work long term. There's a lot of research that says it works in the beginning, but it doesn't hang in there. All of a sudden, $20 isn't enough. You know, it also robs kids of that initial satisfaction of just doing a job well done. I kind of see it as, so school, I tell the kids, that's your job. Your job, mommy goes to work, that's my job. I get paid for when I do a good job. School is your job. You get paid when you do a good job. The better job you do, the more you get paid. Define good job. I think parents use strategies that they're comfortable with. But what we forget is what we know as an adult, our kids don't know yet. So when you're giving $20 for A's, what's that saying to a child? Unless it's an A, it's not good enough. The satisfaction of working hard, becoming it at a B, Mm. oh, that's not really as worth as much as A. So what does that do to the value of the hard work that they did to get the B? So there's two things here. There's incentives, and that's a money promise upfront for reaching a goal. So I'll give you $20 if you get an A. That works at first, and then it starts to lose steam because the initial amount isn't provocative. I'm still working hard. I'm getting A's. 20, how about 25? What about a child whose best job is a B or a C? Will they never attain the $20? Does that suggest they shouldn't even try? Oh, man, Susan, (laughs) I didn't think it through like this. (laughs) (laughs) And, And what about the kid who has been told they'll get $20 for an A yeah. and then the parent walks, you know, scene is over, parent walks off stage and the child's left with the goal of getting an A. Have you talked to your child about the strategy that they need to get the A? Until someone teaches them, they don't know. If you say to me, I have done all of these things and I'm just not good at geometry, I've tried. Do you not give them the $20? When that B was their A, we don't all have to get the prize every time we get in the game. I understand that. There's nothing wrong with not winning the prize. But there is something wrong with suggesting that the A after effort is better than the B or the C if that's your child's skill level. Rewards are easier to administer, I think, as a parent because they're ongoing motivation and their encouragement. So they're not, I'll give you 20 if you reach the goal of an A. They're, um, you did a good job this week. I, I noticed every day you came in, you hit the books. I think that's great. Things like that, noticing your child's uh, discipline, noticing your child's sacrifices, there's currency in that for your kid. And it's called self-esteem. And the stronger a child feels about their, their progress, the more likely they are to reach the goal praise and then celebration instead of here's a 20 uh they come home with the report card and you get your favorite meal made for you that's currency for kids it helps them establish priorities it reinforces that the priority of studying first and the discipline of doing the work that it took to get where they got was worth it 
So you're focusing on the effort that is behind the grade, the ultimate grade. Okay, well, I did not get an A in this class. So um, <laughs> I'm not getting my $20 today. So what? <laughs> All right. This is constantly a conversation about teaching your kids the valuable lessons they're not learning in school. And if you go to your website, Susan, Money Savvy Generation, you have the Money Savvy Generation Pig, which is the very first tool that we can use to start the conversation. There's a bunch of resources, especially books. You know, we've, we've done a children's series and we've done a series that goes from um, teens all the way to young adults that are very readable, quick reads that can get a child thinking about money and make them confident enough after these quick reads to have a conversation with you or ask a question a lot of people don't ask questions because they're afraid they're going to look stupid. And our kids are no different. So if you give them a quick read, like in one of our official money guide books or in our children's series, um, it helps them feel stronger about the topic. And that's what you want. You want them willing to talk about money because it'll help them avoid many of the pitfalls and mistakes they can fall into as they get older. Perfect. All right, Susan, thank you. You are welcome. Fantastic. So much good stuff. Let me know if there's a topic you want us to answer in No Dumb Questions, if there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show, or if you need help talking to the kids about money. This podcast is for you. Before we leave, today's Money Victory shout-out goes to Amy Ruth. She said, found $20 in a jacket my husband let me have when we were dating. It was my drinking money for the weekend. <laughs> Amy, that's awesome. How old is this jacket? Oh, those little, those little magical money moments. We will celebrate. Cheers to you, Amy, and each and every single one of you who is proud to say that you're on your way to being a financially confident woman. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Seven Figures podcast. Don't forget, click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union.